Welcome to Tribcast, the flagship podcast of the Lacrosse Tribune. I'm digital news editor Scott Rada, and we're joined today by Jordan Rudolph, who is the owner of Unity Fitness here in Lacrosse. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, it, was, it was interesting. You contacted us saying you wanted to talk about the importance of fitness. That's obviously something you spend a lot of your day thinking about and, and practicing. Uh, why? This is kind of a general question, but why is exercise and fitness important? Yeah, I think the big thing is exercise and fitness is important for overall health. And a lot of times it's deemed as something that's a very uh, difficult and hard thing to do and, and manage. But with everything that we have going on in our daily lives, it's, it's also a moment to kind of take care of ourselves for that half an hour, 45 minutes, hour a day that can impact all different levels of our health with stress, immunity, digestion. Um, we can talk more about the physical side of things that we all see and love, but there's, there's, there's infinite number of ways that you know, fitness can, and exercise can really promote a, a healthier human body all the way through and through. And I would imagine at your facility, like others in the region, you see people of all ages and all experiences. And, and, and I would imagine you really have to make sure it's a welcoming place for people of a variety of, of, of levels. Yeah, we have right now we have ages 15 to 92. Wow. So majority of the people... And they aren't doing the same things, I'm guessing. They're not. Uh, part of the magic is that they, they do a lot of the same things, but they, they also don't. Uh, we coach movement, so we, we're, we're, we're more so focusing on movement and quality of movement, kind of tailoring it to what they want, what they need. So the uh, the 92-year-old might be doing something very similar to the 14-year-old, but then there might be different progressions that we could go through for them. And basically what we're trying to do is just fit whatever fo- whatever mold of fitness it is for them and their goals to them. And I think most people, you know, as they're, as they're growing up, are sort of introduced to this through, you know, a gym class or sort of a rec sports league growing up. Mm-hmm. And, but there's a, there's a lot of competition, especially with kids' times now. There's, you know, cell phones and video games. And, and, and how have you seen that change over the years as far as how, how kids are being introduced to physical fitness early on? A, a lot of it is we, we, we don't spend as much time doing that stuff as we did five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. So when you are spending the time doing it, it seems that there there's a little bit more of an output. There's a little bit more of a, a work ethic towards it. What I mean by that is that maybe kids are trying harder when it's time to perform well, but they're not doing a lot of the practice time or the outside things for it. So when when it comes down to time to play, a lot of them are 100% play, but there's not really any more time spent for practicing or just working on just fun game things through that because they're on the phone or doing something else that they're distracted by. And you had mentioned, too, that there's uh, not as much money in some districts and uh, for physical education as maybe there once was. Yeah, that was one of the first cuts. Um, you know, there's been, there's been several that have happened over the last 10 years, but one of the first cuts was physical education and recess time. So they were pulling them out first and putting the, their money into, into the other avenues of the, of the school. And, and this isn't one school or another school. It was voted on. It was, it was you know, it, it was... Uh, it was a majority vote thing. What what we're seeing now is that a lot of those kids are becoming maybe uh, less active as they get older. Uh, we're seeing the obesity kind of rates rise in kids. We're seeing diabetes rise in kids. And that might not be necessarily directly correlated to taking out gym class and recess, but it's definitely not helping. And, you know, when you, and when people walk into your facility, what are kind of th- what kind of questions did they have right away? I mean, what's what drives people to show up in your doorstep and say, "Hey, I, I think I want to come to Unity Fitness." It's it's super interesting. A lot of times, 
people don't really know what to ask. So the question that they always ask is, how much is it? Mm-hmm. And, and so we go through the realm of, like, we don't know what you want, so let us ask you the questions. So a lot of times we're asking the questions, what do they want to accomplish? What do they want to do? Um, besides the price point, it's, it's what can you help me with? And, and oftentimes when we see people in the, in the gym industry, we're seeing them after something happened or we're seeing them at a close to the lowest point that they're at in, in, in a recent uh, memory from them. So we're seeing them at a, at a point when they're um, not happy or something's, something's wrong. And, and I think part of your job, I would imagine, is to, again, make sure this is a place that not only are they showing up one day, but want to keep coming back to. And how do you how do you make sure that this is that is a place and, a, and something they want to keep active in? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think I think if they're, if Jim can do it right, they want to become that third place. We want to kind of become that new Starbucks, right? That mm-hmm. Home work Starbucks, home work gym. Um, it starts with, in my mind, it starts with the people that you already have there, and you have to have that strong community. And you have to have those people that can help establish relationships and make it non-intimidating, non-judgmental for anybody else who wants to come in there and do that stuff. But the person also has to get results. If they're not getting results, it's going to be really hard for them to not want to come back. And I have a friend of mine who lives in another part of the state, but I don't know, two, three years ago, he started going to the gym in his hometown. And, you know, just from talking to him and seeing his posts on Facebook, this has really not only become... Uh, increased his health, which it certainly has, but it's also kind of given him, like you said, sort of a new social circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, I think it was something I get the sense that at first he was doing because he thought he should do, and now it's turned into something he does because he wants to do. Yeah, yeah, it changes. It changes, and a lot of times you get connected with those people. It, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you're going to battle with them, right? Whether you're doing the same workout that day or you're doing your own individualized plan, you're kind of all there to get better at that day, and and when you're sweating together, when you're working hard together, there's there's a lot of camaraderie that's built, a lot of a lot of cool relationships that are built and kind of forged through that. You know, there's certainly the perception that, although I'm sure people come into your facility all the time asking the questions we just talked about, are you? The perception would be that you're flooded with even more of those people on or about January first, because you know there's everybody wants to make a, you know, you got through the holidays and you probably had too many sugar cookies and whatever else and. You want to show up and make that New Year's resolution. I mean, one is that a, is that an accurate perception, and two, are those people? Do those people seem to have more stick to itiveness than the folks who show up other times of the year? Sure, there, there's still a lot of people that join shortly after the New Year, and there's still most of them that don't make it past February. There, there's still a lot of good um, statistics out there that support that. It is getting a little bit better. And to this day, we still have each year we've been growing the like the most people that have joined a gym or been a part of a health club membership each year. It's grown a couple percent and we're up to we're up to about 22 percent now. And when I first started seven years ago in the industry, it was like 15, 16. So that's that's been going up about a percent and a half to a two percent each year. We do see a lot with that said, we do see a lot coming in right after the new year. And it's just one of those things where society culture has all driven us to new year resolutions and and kind of making that change the big thing then is how can we create lasting change how can we how can we make it realistic in doing that and aside from the new year we do see a lot in september as well Mm -hmm. kind of right when the kids get back into school and everything kind of resets after the summer after a lot of the vacations are done and and kind of back into the the fall routine Uh, we see that as kind of like the next new year if you will 
Um, and a lot of new uh, new members will start looking in for things in September as well. And I would imagine that there are times, this time of the year especially, where you may see fewer people just because there's so many recreational opportunities in our area and our, our summers never seem to be long enough. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, do you see just sort of the ebb and flow of, of uh, people coming into your place a little quieter in the, in the warm weather months? And once it gets cold and icy and snowy, you're not as likely to go biking or running outside? Yeah, yeah, we do see, we do see a little drop-off. Um, we try to make sure that even if they're not in the gym, that they're doing something outside that we highly encourage, highly recommend. We, we so that's, see... That's, that's interesting, though. So, you're, but so if you have a, somebody who, if you're somebody's at your shop and says, hey, you know, it's great out, what kind of activities would you recommend outside yeah. of the gym? You're happy to have those conversations. Absolutely. And we think that they're a crucial part. When, when we first opened, when I first started training as an independent contractor seven years ago, I didn't really talk about it. I was doing everything I could to get them in the gym and to get them to stay in the gym and come to the gym and do what we wanted to do. Uh, and it was just kind of, kind of going off of the assumption that they were just going to keep doing their outside gym stuff, where now we're making sure that that's a covered topic. That's that's in in part of the, our program design. It's in part of our nutrition consults, all that other stuff. But we know long term that that makes more of a difference than like the time that we spend in the gym. And there's probably a lot more time that you're doing that uh, rather than just doing a workout itself. And there's a lot more opportunity for it, too where you can do it almost anywhere you go and you can focus focus on those things. So like right now in the summer, we have a lot of people out on the river. We have a lot of people hiking. We have a lot of people cycling, uh, running, doing obstacle course races, uh, all of those things. And most of those people now that would maybe come in at night in the, in the winter, our mornings are flooded and mm-hmm. our nights are quieter. Mm-hmm. So we still get good attendance. We still see it at, at our facility at least, but we know that the people aren't there. They're also very active, and we have them like checking in or sending pictures to us just to hold them accountable for what they're doing as well, to kind of make it a fun thing. And you mentioned nutrition. That's certainly a key part of this, and that's certainly something it sounds like you're, you make part of that conversation. Absolutely. We, we, we wanted to create an atmosphere, at least a program, like Unity originally stood for that, we felt that if we're going to build fitness programs and programs for people, that nutrition is a, is a big component for it. So it's, it's definitely not something that we shy away from. We probably engage it more than we should um, to an extent where people, our members, would sometimes get annoyed with us because we're constantly on it because we know how important it is. Um, if we're building our pyramid of everything, then nutrition's the base. So we, we, cover, that, we cover that quite a bit. And, you know, certainly there are, you know, you can open up any... Uh, publication, there always seems to be a new diet of the month. I mean, how how much do you find yourself chasing those topics versus what a lot of dietitians would say is just good uh, nutrition science? Yeah, you nailed it. Um, there's a lot of different methods that are out there, but we know the principles stay the same. So we're okay if people experiment with different methods, if they find one that works well for them, if they find one that they can stick to and work really well. Uh, around and and are able to do it for for an extended period of time, but I'm also totally okay with with being experimental and saying something's not working after a few weeks as long as the person is. We know that non-processed, higher quality, grown foods are going to get you closer to wherever you're going to get to, rather than the other stuff that's out there. And we're okay as long as the person's okay with a certain method of a diet, like maybe somebody's going through a low carb, but they're strength training five days a week, we might not necessarily want that because they're not going to get good recovery out of it. So we might have that conversation and say, hey, there's two or three days we can go low carb, but these days I need you to eat a little bit more just because we're going to get burnt out if we don't. 
Um, so we, we help structure that in and replan that, and we kind of do a lot of pseudo-method programs as long as the principles stay the same for the person. And like you said, a lot of this, frankly, is science. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, nutrition science, but there's, there's, there are a few things I would imagine that have been studies, studied as extensively as exercise. And, and, you know, what are some of the trends in exercise and science that people have learned that maybe we didn't know five, ten years ago? Sure. The, uh, the exercise portion itself has a lot to do with strength training and a lot to do with high-intensity interval training. Um, that is something that was kind of abused for a while. We just thought strength training was strength training. We didn't really always understand what sets and reps and volume meant. And a lot of people just kept thinking more was better. And that's where you kind of see now like the exercise science has kind of switched over towards recovery. So how do like if you're going to train hard, we got to recover hard too. So how do we help that recovery portion happen or how do we make sure you are recovering? And there's there's been a lot of shift over the last like two years that have really um, taken the recovery as a forefront type of thing because so many people are, I don't want to say getting hurt, but more people are being active and they don't know how to recover. So we see a lot of it towards that, a lot of it towards strength training. High-intensity interval training, it was kind of that same thing where people just thought they had to go really hard as long as they could and then rest as short as they could and do it all over again when there's actually a lot of heart rate variability involved in that where you want to get to the heart rate to a certain level, bring it down to a certain level, and then work your intervals within that. And there are certain reps and schemes that people were just kind of thinking, like, I just got to work hard for you know an amount of time and rest for an amount of time and not knowing that there was a true like research-based science off of it. And that's what we're kind of seeing come come back to fruition now. It's not just about working as hard as you possibly can until you can barely move off the floor. There's there's a little bit more to it than that. And certainly one of the other biggest changes has to be over the past few years of personal technology where yeah. people can measure how many steps they're taking, what their heart rate is. Are those useful tools? They are. The hard part about those is that there's a lot of inaccuracies. Um, I've worn one that I've had next to the person, uh, person next to me that had a different one. We both wore it the same day and almost had the same work shift. And I've had 8,000 more steps than he or she did. And, um, we've had, we've had tests done at the gym with them and, and it's, it, it works for the extent of keeping you accountable and keeping you aware, but it's hard to know like what's truly accurate and what's not. But it's kind of like one of those things with supplementation we don't recommend a whole lot of it if the habits aren't in place, but if you have something out there that you feel is helping you and working for you, keep doing it. And that's the same thing we tell people with like their Fitbits or their Garmin's um, or any type of like Apple Watch or Samsung Watch that they're wearing. If you think it's helping you and you can see it and you can track it, we're looking at sleep, let's keep rocking it till the cows come home. Like, let's do it. Well, it sounds like those are some terrific tips for people to uh, learn from. And, and I think it, it's sort of the takeaway message is, you just got to start. Yeah, yeah, just got to start. A lot of times it's the hardest part. Like the, the hardest part is walking through the door that first time and, and doing it with a friend or doing it with people that support you. Um, we, always, we always say try to have a coach at least just, at least some point so that you can have some guidance and, and have some sort of routine program built specifically for you. But the hardest part for sure is that, is that first step in the door and, and opening that door for the first time. So you just got to get started and get past that and, and everything will be We'll be growing from there. Well, we thank you for coming in our door and telling us all about it. Again, this is Jordan. This was Jordan Rudolph, owner of Unity Fitness on South Avenue in La Crosse. And thanks for uh, stopping by TripCast. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it.